because you don't count down the last couple three uh, numbers, so it doesn't come up on the thing. But see, oh, now me, I, I don't, I don't have an acting career, so I don't know that. I see. Well, see, now all of this is recorded, so it's on oh, the sweet. podcast. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> all right. Hi, I'm Garrett House. I'm Evan Duffield. And this is We Understand Things. We, also known as what? And um, how's Nebraska going, Evan? Oh, it's good. It's good. It's about to snow tomorrow, I think. But, but you know, it's going. How's Georgia, Garrett? I don't know what snow is. We don't get that here. Um, yeah. It's rainy and cold and gross. And yeah, I haven't uh, seen the sun in like four days. Yeah. It's fine. But, I mean, it's been that way here, too. So, it's kind of all the southeast middle yeah. all that stuff but um all right to give us some background of who we are and what we do and that kind of thing um we don't have to go into great detail of what our jobs are but um uh we are both engineers who uh yep. are from Georgia and um we uh I'll say I work within the uh oil industry um I work in the defense industry and um, so kind of to give you what we're going to do on this show, um, a lot of times we will talk about crazy stories that we hear. And it usually starts with me saying, hey, Evan, you want to hear some shit? And um, so we decided to make a podcast about it. And uh, before we started the podcast... I said I was going to flip a bottle cap to see who was going to uh, go off on the story they found today. So, uh, Evan, which side do you want? Do you want the sealed side or do you want the uh, top of the bottle cap? Yeah, yeah, I want I want the open side. All right, I'm doing it. Oh, I got it. All right, so it's my decision. Yeah, yeah, you can you can choose. Oh well, you're going first, definitely. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. So basically, the order of this is: I'm going to tell a story, and then about halfway through, when I finish, Gary's going to take over, and he's going to tell a story as well. The idea is that the story will, you know, hopefully blow the other one's mind a little bit. All right. So, um, Garrett, do you like uh, do you like like spicy chicken, like chicken wings, things like that? Have you ever been to Zaxby's and gotten their um, their their nuclear chicken? Yes, I have. I actually last night ate the Braveheart chicken wings from uh, Wild Wing Cafe, and I am regretting it all day. <laughs> all right. Well, so my story uh, sort of is in line with uh, your love of spicy chicken, mm-hmm. surprisingly. Okay, so let me let me set the scene for you. So we're we're in in 1950s area. Uh, Cold War, Korean War, it's after World War II. Um, 1950s was a pretty good time. Uh, you know, NASA was formed, the space race was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Truman was president. Um, you know, good musicians and some crazy stuff was going on. Elvis Presley, Frank Sinatra, things like that. Sort of to get you in the, in the right, you know, mindset here. All right. Um, so specifically, this, this is happening in, in 1954, like 59 or something. Um, and we're in, we're in, you know, Germany right now, and this is just after World War II. So the British army is, is, is in Germany at this point. Um, the iron curtains up and Stalin's getting all wild and, uh, going crazy in the Soviet union, trying to, you know, crush the Germans to stop them from rebuilding their, 
their sort of civilization there while the U.S. sort of helps build it up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the British Army is is right now sort of sitting in, in Germany territory right underneath the, uh, the Soviet Union, um, and they're kind of just pooping their pants thinking that someone's going to, that the USSR is going to come and invade and, and take over Germany and, and mess things up there, right? So... They're pretty terrified. Uh, they they know for a fact that the Soviets have have far superior weapons. You know, Cold Wars going on between the uh, USSR and and the United States. So we're big. We got big big world powers going on right now. Hmm. Um, so the idea is that is that the the uh, the British are going to develop some new weapons, um, some new defenses again against the the USSR. Or what what they're afraid of right now, um, and. Keep in mind, nuclear bombs—they—they they sort of just happened in World War II, um, so that's the—that's the new ish right now. Is—is, is, you know, nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, in in Europe, they decided to take their—they uh, they, had—they had a, a good air uh, nuclear weapon. It's called the the Blue Danube, or the Blue Danube. I'm not really sure how to pronounce that. <laughs> um, but uh, the Blue Danube uh, was the, um, the, the first operational British nuclear weapon that they had. Um, and essentially it was, it was launched from a plane just like most others. Um, but instead they wanted something that they could, uh, they could sort of defend their, their lines on the ground with. So mm-hmm. the, the goal, um, and this was all sort of, all this research was conducted by a, a thing called the Royal Armament Research and Development Establishment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in, in the United Kingdom at the time, um, and they were developing a, a bomb based on the Blue Danube nuclear weapon that would essentially go and be buried in the ground, right? So it's like a landmine? So, yeah, basically a nuclear landmine, right? Hmm. So the, the goal is to just, we're just going to make a whole bunch of these, right? And we're going to basically dig a hole, put them in the ground, and then when the Soviets roll up and they're trying to come get our crap, they're just going to get wiped, right? That's that's the Jeez. goal, right? Yeah. Um, sounds 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 great, right? Sounds like a pretty pretty solid plan so far, right? Mm-hmm. So um, this this new landmine nuke or whatever you want to call it, uh, it was named the Brown Bunny, mm-hmm. um, and then it was changed to the Blue Bunny, uh, and then it was changed again to what it's now known as, which is the Blue Peacock. I'm not really sure why I had three name changes, but it <laughs> did. Uh, I think they were a little confused on what they wanted to call it. Um, but right now it's it's the blue peacock, right? Mm-hmm. So um, basically, this this bomb had a few ways of being detonated. So they had a three mile long wire detonator, which is pretty typical for most bombs that you would see, right? Uh huh. Um, and, and keep in mind that this bomb is not just a regular old bomb. This is ten kilotons of of, of, of detonation happening in one central area, and they're trying to put a whole bunch of these in in the ground. So it's definitely going to make a hole. Oh, it's going to make a huge hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, that was the plan right now. So, so they could either detonate it from a three-mile-long wire. It mm-hmm. also had an eight-day timer, and then it had a bunch of anti-tampering devices, right? <clears throat> so basically, the anti-tampering devices were like if it, if it got moved um, or opened or if you, know, you threw it in a, in a lake or an ocean or whatever, it would explode within 10 seconds of, of that happening, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, to make this happen is, you know, they they had a bunch of sensors and switches and and wires and whatever else inside of this bomb to to sort of conduct all of those anti-tampering things, right? Hmm. Um, 
And in, in the place that they're burying these, keep in mind, it is super cold. Yeah. Like, like real cold. So they're, they're taking these huge bombs into a super cold place, digging a big hole, and just throwing it in the hole and <laughs> filling it back up and walking away. Holy crap. Right? So and, and there's all these sensors and wires and things. So so they had they, they had an issue. And and you're an engineer, right? Mm-hmm. So so if you take a bunch of wires and sensors and everything else and you throw it in the ground and it's super cold, Everything. there's a fairly good chance that it might not even work at all when it has to. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So it, it they had that, that was basically the problem that the British encountered when they, when they dealt with this, right? So they they had um, a proposed solution mm-hmm. for this problem, and this is sort of all you know, harkening back to to your uh, your love of of hot chicken, <laughs> you know. Okay. Uh, so the the idea, right? And, and bear with me here. the The idea was that they could take a bunch of chickens, okay, and put them inside of this bomb. Seal okay. it up and give those chickens a supply of food and water for, you know, for about like a week or so, right? And the idea is that after they bury it and cover it up and whatever else, the idea is that the body heat generated from the chickens will be enough to keep the bomb in working order and from getting too cold or freezing or anything. Holy crap. That wow. is their plan. How? Is, I, I don't know, but the idea—I—I <laughs> I don't, I don't really know like the the internal workings of this bomb. I don't know if they sealed the chickens off from a different area from all the wires and everything. You know, Garrett, you you have cats. Mm-hmm. They—I don't know if cats and chickens are similar at all, but I feel like the chickens would sort of peck at the wires or maybe break something else or or detonate it. You know, not at the right time. Well, that too, yeah. You... I have no idea the inner workings, but I, I would assume that, you know, I would hope that they would be separate. I'm not really sure, but it, I, I would hope. Um, so anyway, so their idea is that they'll, they'll shove chickens in here, right? Mm-hmm. And this was a real bomb that was proposed. I think 10 of them were ordered uh, by the British Army. I'm not sure if they if they were ever – I know that they were never used um, – Obviously, I feel like it might have been bigger news if they had been used, um, but they, they were not used, but they were ordered. So, so these were real bombs that were being developed, so and he, chickens were planned to, to be put in these bombs. Here's my question. Yeah, yeah. Do you supply your own chickens for the bombs? <laughs> that is my... I'm not really sure, honestly. And how well do chickens like survive cold? Do they do they do they deal with cold very well? I don't think so. I don't think so either. So couldn't you if if it was too cold for a bomb to work? I mean, you know, this is just me thinking here. If I put some chickens in a hole in the ground in the cold, regardless of their food and water, won't they just die of the cold? That's my thought. This bomb's got to be a seriously big bomb. Like Yeah, it's it's huge. It is huge. Jeez. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so this bomb was, was, was never actually used and keep in mind, this is back in, you know, 1959, I believe, or Mm -hmm. 1958. Um, and and so we're going to, we're going to fast forward ahead to April 1st, 2004. Mm -hmm. So in 2004, this bomb was, the proposal for this bomb was finally declassified to the general public, right? Okay. 
when it was declassified, the world literally took this whole proposal as an April Fool's Day joke. <laughs> so everybody saw that and just thought it was fake. Just started dying, apparently, Jeez. thinking it was hilarious. So anyway, so the whole world's taking this, this, this chicken bomb to this nuclear chicken, right? As, as an April Fool's Day joke. And apparently Tom O'Leary, the, the head of education and in, in, interpretation at the National Archives, or National Archives, he replied to the media saying, it does seem like an April Fool, but it most certainly is not. The Holy civil God. service does not do jokes. Jeez. Which is like the greatest response to anything. So, you know, they said there were 10 of these that were made, or at least ordered. Ordered, ordered. I don't, I'm not sure if they were made, but they were ordered. And they, they, so they, that's the thing. They were sort of a, a modification of the, of the airborne nuclear weapon that they had already made. So basically, it was a bomb with a chicken coop attached to it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Jeez. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy crap. Pretty crazy. All right, well, thanks for letting me tell you the story, man. Yeah, that's, um, that is definitely some, uh, some starts the exact same time during the cold war and uh, oh wow. it sounds like a, a hot time for crappy stuff oh yeah it was uh it was a shit show and um this one is actually a shit show caused by the united states oh sweet um so this one i actually heard about the story from i i had heard about it before because it actually um starts in my hometown of savannah georgia and um, it was um, recently talked about where I work. And um, somebody just casually mentioned to me, hey, did you know this is um, in Savannah? And I had heard of it, but didn't really know what was going on. So yeah, um, yeah. to give you some background, same time, Cold War. Uh, okay. So we're in the right mindset here. Um, the United States during this time lost 11 nuclear bombs what do you mean lost they lost 11 they just they just looked like straight up bombs. just lost them so like they forgot were, where they went there were accidents so basically um most of these were lost because these planes were in some sort of accident um they were either shot at or they um something happened where these planes right. could not maintain the load that they were um carrying okay and so um this story starts way back in the day of the cold war and let me pull up the report right here um on february 5th of 1958 a b-47 okay. bomber um was simulated in a combat mission and um so it was flying along and one of the United States other planes um, crashed after the pilot bailed. But um, when he bailed, 
he didn't quite get his trajectory right and uh, grazed this B-47 plane. Yeah. That was carrying a nuclear a bomb. Oh, yeah. sweet. Awesome. Sick. Um, so, the pilot was told to drop the bomb. Do not detonate the bomb, but to but drop, just drop the bomb. It. Okay, okay. So, um, and the plan was that they were going to turn around and recover it, and um, yeah. it was all going to be good. So, yep. this pilot dropped it right off the coast of the Wausau Islands, kind of between Savannah and Tybee Island. Mm, um, okay, okay. And so, it landed in um, kind of right at the edge of the ocean, and um, so there's definitely a good bit of water moving through there. And um, so he Did this thing it. get washed away or something? Oh, well, yes. So awesome. they looked for it for about nine weeks. Nine weeks? Could not find it. It had disappeared. It had, there was no sign of it. They could find where it was dropped, but that was about it. Oh, um, God. You know, there's some like old ass dude just sitting in a corner, like like he went and like picked up the bomb, and he's sitting at his house or something, like trying to make it work or whatever. Oh, exactly. This guy planning some crazy stuff. I, so you've been to Tybee. Tybee yeah, yeah. is kind of the uh, the center of which I love Tybee. I love the people. I love the place, and um, but you kind of have these a mix of if you put redneck people on a beach and left them there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but... It's like, yeah, they're crazy, to be honest. Luckily enough, the, uh, the, um, that's not where the story goes. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> that's, that's kind of a good turn for the story. But, um, so, there is a search for it way back in 1958 when they dropped it. They cannot find it. Um, so it's just kind of left alone. Um, there's no real talk about it since then until um, 2001. Um, so in 2001, we have a um, uh, the Georgia senator. Let me find his name real quick. But... He wanted an investigation of the um, of where this bomb was because this was an active bomb that right, was right. still so wait, unknown. Wait, so what, what year was this that there that this is happening now? So this happened in 1958, and this is now um, like 2004. The end of two, well, this is 2000. So um, that's like 40 years. Yes, they just let it go for 40. They were like, "Ah, oh, it's fine." Yes. So it we're is, just not going to worry about it for 40 years. Exactly. It is somewhere in the water, and they cannot find um, what? this. So what ends up happening is the um, the Air Force is pushed to do a um, basically a second search and to do a uh, risk assessment of what would happen if this bomb was left there. And so... Uh, Bad things. Probably very bad things. Yes. So, the the report is pretty tame. Um, to kind of summarize it, it goes through and tells the history, and it tells what type of bomb. It's a Mark 15 bomb, and um, 
the mod so there are a couple different mods but they said this is a mod zero nuclear bomb so basically what that means is that it did not have a nuclear charge in it but it did have uranium in there so what? it is it was it, it's basically like a tamed down nuclear bomb so hmm, it's okay. definitely a big bomb but if it were to it, go it's off, just not 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 catastrophic yeah, it's definitely going to cause a huge amount of damage, um, yeah. and it, it's not going to be good if it goes off, but the it was not detonated when it went off, so it's not like it's sitting there about to blow at any point. Right, okay, um, okay. So, I mean, even still, though, they waited 40 years, which is still, it's still getting me. Like, yeah. If I, if I leave my phone on the counter, I'm going to go back and get it, or I'm going to search for it. Like, if I, if I lose something... Like, like, not even very important. I'll spend like an hour and a half looking. I won't even stop until I find it. Mm -hmm. So, but apparently, if you just drop like a nuclear bomb in the ocean, like you can just wait forty years before you can find it again. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like the the time span's insane. That's um, crazy. So they basically come back and say that um, their recommendation was that. There is no possibility of a nuclear explosion. There mm. is no risk to the public. Mm. And um, they're basically to avoid potential unacceptable impact on the environment. Um, they recommend it be left there, which at this point, they still don't know where it is. They know where it's dropped and they can kind of get some guesstimates of where tides would go and that kind of thing. But after 40 years, there is yeah. no following where this bomb is. So um, they have, they talk about the impact location and their suggestion is that what happened when it landed, it basically went through the water and went into the silt layer. So when yeah. they did, um, when they tested the ground right where it landed, you got water, you've got the silt layer, um, then you have a clay layer, and then you have a... Uh, what they call a Floridian aquifer. So basically it's like an underground um, water source. And okay. um, so they said it is somewhere between um, the water and the clay layer. So they think it's in that silt layer. Yeah, anywhere. so you think it's basically just like, like they, they think it's just hidden in the dirt pretty much. Exactly. And they said it's roughly 12 feet below the surface. That is not um, deep at all. What? Yes, exactly. It's not very deep. And so they went through and they priced out what it would cost to... Like dredge that up? Exactly. So um, pretty much the grand total, once you add everything up, it's going to take five years to <laughs> find it. They waited 40. Yeah, exactly. So like what's five more years, you know? Um, And the... um. The total cost is going to be eleven million uh four hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. Which for a state government, that you're not gonna be throwing around eleven million dollars for something that they say, oh, it's going to be fine. Yeah, no. So um they decide to leave it there. Well okay. that's not where the story is. So oh, no. um after finding out that there's a nuclear bomb um, basically in your backyard, um, 
a lieutenant colonel of the Air Force decides, I'm going to look for this. So he made it his life mission to find and possess this nuclear bomb. Great. So um, his name was Derek Duke. Old Derek. Yep, old Derek. So um, basically, he goes searching, and he finds where, without any of the information from the Air Force or anything like that, because a lot of this isn't just openly uh, right, right. A lot of it's probably it. classified. Right? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a nuclear bomb. They're not just going to be like, exactly, oh, it's probably exactly. about here. Exactly, um, because they're not wanting other randos like, to go search exactly, for it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So he goes around and he finds a spot that has um, uh, ten to twelve uh, times the radiation of what you should normally see naturally um, naturally and um so he begins digging there and um he is unable to locate it but he has found the spot of where it's at and he by he doesn't have the resources and stuff to dig down but he's like it's definitely here because of the radiation spikes and stuff this is where it's at so he releases okay. this information yeah 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 um so uh, the government ends up sending people out to investigate it, and the story okay. pretty much stops there. For um, this was in two thousand one, um, and they did another report on it and all that kind of stuff, and spent some money, and it was enough to get this guy to calm down for a while and kind of um, get everything to uh, cool down. And um, so, fast forward four years later. Mm -hmm. Um, actually it was a little bit later than that. I'm going to, um, four years later is when they ended the, um, all of the stuff with him. But, um, this past year, 2018. So fast forward so to like 2018. Literally like uh, three weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. Three weeks ago. Um, but this was actually in February. Okay. Um, okay. So February, 2018, a Canadian couple, um, they come down to Tybee. And they are going on vacation. Um, doesn't specify if they're on a honeymoon or something like that, but they're on vacation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they are amateur divers. So, um, and their name is Jason Sutter and Christina Murray. So they come down and um, a quote from Jason he, uh, they go out there, they jump in the water, they start diving, and um, he said, I noticed an object that looked like a metal cylinder, which I thought was an oil barrel. <laughs> um, when I dug it up a bit, I noticed oh, no. that it was actually a lot bigger, <laughs> and that there was some writing on the side. Oh, sweet. So he says, when I saw the inscription saying that it was a Mark 15 nuclear bomb... <laughs> I totally freaked out. Which okay, but like, what would you do if you like it? Just die. You're on your honeymoon. We'll say they're on their honeymoon. You're on, you're on your honeymoon with, with your girl, and and <laughs> you're diving, right? You you're just seeing the fish. You're seeing the pretty fish. All of a sudden, you see an oil barrel. You're like, oh no, I'm gonna be a good Canadian and go 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 figure out how to deal with this <laughs> how to deal with this oil barrel, right? Help the environment, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you, you get down there. It's a nuke. 
You just yeah. found a nuclear bomb on your honeymoon. <laughs> so, um, so he finds this. He grabs her because this dude's freaking out at this point. Naturally, yeah. And yeah. um, is basically trying to point and make signs and do like an explosion sign in the water. <laughs> she thinks he's going insane. Sweet. So they make an emergency ascent and call 911 because once uh, they get back there, he does some explaining. Um, so they find the bomb. Well, flashback to some unreleased conversations from this Derek Duke. Yeah, old Derek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So um, after people start digging into it again and... Um, trying to grab as much information about it as they can, um, he releases that, which it was a little bit before they found it, but he releases that the uh, the report that they said where this was, it did have explosives on it, but it was not, um, it was not that bad. He says it's a complete lie and that they're sworn in with Congress that they can't actually reveal the information um so, so this could be like a totally live nuclear like like we're talking like hiroshima style exactly bomb. so it was a hundred so that type of bomb they're saying was around a hundred times stronger than the one that was used on hiroshima yo what yeah so and that was just in 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 like southern georgia exactly literally Right I'm glad off I got out I could, man. Yeah, exactly. Nebraska so, doesn't have any nukes here. So at this point, nobody knows if this is a live nuke or not. It's if you go by what the U.S. Air Force says and stuff like that, it is it, it is safe enough. But there are definitely some people at risk um, because there are explosives on there. But it is very unlikely to explode, especially it did, after get, it did get moved, though, right? Like, they yes. went and got it. Okay, okay. So it was, it doesn't say exact locations again because they don't want. Uh, yeah, they lost it. That's why. Yes, but they said <laughs> it was, um, it was dropped 7,000 feet. Um, it was 7,000 feet into the ocean. And this was shallow diving. So it was not 7,000 feet. So it had washed up closer to land. Oh, um, no. And that's how these Canadians found it. So for a minute, let's be honest, these Canadians were the one of the biggest... They they had a more powerful military than North Korea. <laughs> Two Canadians <laughs> on a honeymoon. And, uh, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, that's that. That is that is what happened, and there's um there's not much more information about uh if it's still there if they went and got it, um and there's a bunch of different stories that uh like say it was found by people but people weren't sent out and stuff. But if you yeah. go and look this one up, like there's the guy with a picture next to the nuke, <laughs> so. Um, it's pretty, um... What was his name? Uh, his name was Jason Sutter. Way to go, Jason. You, yeah. you killed it. You killed it, man. He is probably one of the only people in the world... Yeah, that, who's 
that's not military that yeah. has like physically like touched a nuclear bomb. And he's the only one to think a nuclear bomb was an oil barrel. Exactly. And probably the only person to find a nuclear bomb underwater. All right. Now, here's the other crazy thing. Okay. They said it was going to cost them $11 million to find this, right? Yep. Yep. In five years. A Canadian couple did it. It took a little bit longer. But I feel like they should get at least say a third of that 11 million oh know? absolutely something they should get some reward for saving so many people oh yeah which uh that that's the thing they um uh, uh, most of the stuff got shut up really quick there are very few articles on the situation but uh um, yeah it uh they're they don't really want to uh to release Make it a, a, bunch a big of thing yeah, yeah exactly yeah and um yeah. so like this bomb itself weighed 7,600 pounds. That's nuts. Yeah. So this was a big boy. Like that's, <laughs> that's like three and a half Miatas. How, how much did, <laughs> how much did it weigh? 7,600 pounds. That's crazy. The, um, the, the blue peacock one that I was talking about. Yeah. It weighed 16,000 pounds. Holy crap. Is that with yeah. or without chickens? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go without. I think without. Damn. I'd say a solid 1625. All right. That's with the chickens. With All chickens. Right. Yeah. 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 That's not a lot of chicken wings, you know. <laughs> not a lot of chicken <laughs> wings. All right. Thanks, Garrett. I appreciate the story. Yeah. Yep. Some pretty crazy stuff. What? All right. You want to you wanna do our sign off, Garrett? Uh, I did the sign off. It's your turn to sign off. Oh, man. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for, for, for tuning in and, and checking us out. We are, we are, we understand things better than us. What? <laughs>